on this week's bet the process podcast we have two legitimate professional soccer slash football team owners who really ironically talk to us about basketball which is what we mostly talk about and we talk about hedging a little bit more so with that let's start the process Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode, a very special episode of the Bet the Process podcast, where we're joined not just by one professional soccer owner, but two professional soccer owners, uh, Evan Smith and Preston Johnson. The uh, What do you guys call yourselves? What's your official title at Crowley Town FC? Directors, chairman, they, they say both, but it's one of those two. Tell us a little bit about this whole like experience so far. There's been turmoil, obviously. What do you mean? Um, I uh, was ha- having lunch with a buddy of mine that played like second division soccer, uh, so- professional soccer in France. And I was like kind of telling him about the situation. He like looked it up and he like found the, the article about the firing of the of the coach. And he said, do you want me to try to turn this around? Do these guys know what they're doing. So give us a give us a synopsis of the first. What Wait, it's been, what? Second division soccer where? Uh, In France. France. Yeah. How old is he? He he was like Freddie Adu's like best friend growing up. Like, does he still play? That's, that's what I'm getting at. Oh no, no, no. He did, he's not like trying to play. He was just saying you guys don't know. He maybe he wanted to be the coach. No, know. but even if he's not trying to play, like maybe he could. <laughs> we would be uh, th- th- yeah. We'd be very interested in talking to him if he actually has good thoughts. I mean, we're 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 looking for help for sure. Um, but that's mostly just that's because... not a vote of confidence right there, Evan. Like this it's called this humility. Bad, I mean, it's called being open. the guys like, the guy just it, he pours well, wine. Like, I mean, after the social media manager today went off the rails, it's like yeah, yeah maybe this guy would help. No, you met him, right? Mikhail, you met him, Preston. That was my my friend that was the wine, the wine guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, he's a great guy. I mean, we we've had this conversation. We can bring Rufus into something he cares about. You guys asked me if I was gonna hedge. I didn't really hedge. So I had the Celtics at like, uh, I don't know, 17 to one to win the East and <laughs> didn't really hedge. In fact, I did like a series hedge. Before we go any further, can we just talk about the last three minutes and 15 seconds of that game now that you got to actually watch it back? And I mean, I can't believe Jeff couldn't really watch that fully in real time. I don't know if you want to mention why or not, but you weren't able to in real time. You watched it back after, but I would, I mean, I don't. I feel like it hasn't been talked about enough that that would have been the greatest choke in the history of this sport. Yeah, my wife. Not- my wife had a broke. Has a broken ankle, and I was wheeling her out of somewhere for like <laughs> literally for thirty Try, minutes, which trying to sweat it hard. on his phone. <laughs> I was like kind of sweating it, and honestly, when they got up by like thirteen, I was like, "Well, I'd like to watch the end of this." So I'm kind of like watching on my phone. And it is a catastrophe. And I didn't realize how big a like I listened to Simmons's podcast and he tends to be pretty dramatic. And he said, you know, this would have been one of like right up there with like 1986 Red Sox Mets. 
and it, and it would have been. They were up oh, by 13 and just, you know, and it's funny because, you know, Marcus took a lot of wide open shots, but he took those wide open shots with like 10 seconds left to go in the shot clock. That was, that was really the problem, right? It's like if he had just taken those with like one or two seconds left, probably no problem with that at all, right? Of course. And uh, it, it was that he took them so early. Um, and then Jalen Jalen had the drive up five with 50 seconds, so there's 20 seconds on the shot clock. And he's like, hey, I'll go attack Bam out of bio at the rim. That one was just inexcusable, too. I, do, I, I felt sick for you as Jimmy Butler was dribbling up the floor. I have no monetary gain of who wins. Nothing on the Celtics win the East or the championship, despite tweeting that I thought it was too high. And that shot goes up, and I think he's like over forty percent from three and transition threes this year. So, so like, there's like some you know decent percentage of the time, twenty five to thirty percent, based on if Celtics can win it back the other way. That the Heat are in the finals and up their team with three minutes. It's just you insane. thought Preston, you thought it was the right shot, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I think a thousand percent it was the right yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought so. No, a thousand. Like ten times, hundred percent, thousand percent that it was the right shot. Anyway, to your hedging because you didn't hedge that, and I just like sitting there watching that happen and not hedging and thinking five minutes before that you had won that thing. You already. know what the thing is? Like, it's funny because like it is a fair amount of money. Like normally when I bet, it's not like it's not like a money that I care that much about, and so I just it's care more about. I, I don't yeah. even care about. The, I care about the Celtics winning. Like I just and and you know. um, this you, Warriors you series. Grow up is, a Celtics fan, Jeff? Are you like a legit? Are you like a lifelong Celtics well, fan? Well, what's funny is I grew up in the '80s, right? Like I, I, um, so I'm born in '73. Grew up in the '80s, and for whatever reason, growing up in Worcester, Massachusetts, which is an hour outside of Boston, it's sort of like a very blue collar town. I was a huge Lakers fan, and it was because their brand of basketball was just so much more interesting. And I had like, you know, Magic. <laughs> Uh, posters and things like that and then somehow some way like I started to like and I, I tend to like teams that suck like I love the Red Sox when they're bad I love the Patriots when they're bad <clears throat> um, I started liking the Celtics like I started really liking them during like the Tuan days you know Antoine Walker days and then obviously when when Garnett and that whole crew and then this team I fell in love with like early on you know like two years ago three years ago when they came up um, I gave up on them this year. I literally texted, you know, friends that work for the Celtics. And I was like, is this for real? Because I can't have you guys break my heart again. I've given up. I'm not even following the team. And I would hear periodically. And I, I had already obviously made the futures bet. So I had kind of just given up. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, 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 they turn it around. So, but whatever, uh, the, the whole other thing, and Rufus, maybe we can bring you back in the podcast, is that I have, um, you know, there has been a lot of talk on Twitter about sort of Celtics futures and those that are holding them based on what, you know, Cheetah tweeted out and also based on our podcast in late December when we talked about this also. Um, there's people holding everywhere from probably, what, 30 to 1 to 60 to 1 on the Celtics to win this thing. Yeah. And, you know, the 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 hedging conversation that we had um last episode was a really interesting episode i've had a lot of people like rufus you sent me something that someone sent you i've had people come up to me who are in finance to talk to me about it 
And it's interesting because I do obviously like agree with you that you were using Kelly correctly and all that kind of stuff. Like that calculation is fine. What I don't fundamentally. Yay. Hold on. I just would like to bask in this for a second. <laughs> uh, Rufus, you're on mute. We couldn't hear you. <laughs> uh, what, what I do um, think is wrong is how you're applying it within this world of sports betting, because one, I asked you, is this going to change how you bet? And you said no, which I think is in itself very telling. Probably. And, well, because I'm under betting my bank. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit well, of a question. I'll put, it, I'll put it this way, though. I mm. actually, I mean, I think that I underestimated, like, how much it would potentially. Um, and if how likely I should be to take hedges if it's, like, at negative half a percent or something really, really small. I, I should be doing that in, in, on certain occasions. But are you going to? If I can, yeah. Like so if you will, I, I, so I will, will follow. It will if if I have that option. If I can, if I can do that. I mean, I think with golf betting, it's not particularly easy to. Right. But if I have access to exchanges where I can, then yes, I will. Okay. So it's the correct thing to do. If I want to maximize, you know, if I want to essentially maximize my wealth, that's what I want. That's what I should be doing. Right. Okay, how about how about this one then? But but wait, Jeff, I, I would like to give you some credit. Um, and you mentioned on the podcast, I guess last week, how for you, I mean, you were talking about like if someone, some of your friends who are quite well off and they're betting, like you know, the idea of a bankroll just doesn't make that much sense. You know, there's not. And I think that when I said initially, like, what's your bankroll? What's a bankroll for a recreational better? Um, uh, I, I said it was like the amount of money if they if they lost that, where they essentially would quit betting for a while, right? Where they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be able to re up their bankroll. They wouldn't be able to continue betting. And I think that's actually incorrect. I think it should. I think basically for everybody, it should be your wealth overall. Um, it could be your liquid. I mean, I don't know if you want to define that as your sort of liquid wealth. Like, you know, I don't. I don't think you should be including your retirement plan or something you can't touch. But but it becomes a financial decision, right? Even if someone let, let even if someone's a losing better overall, like Kelly would say, if you're a losing better overall on a single standalone bet, you should bet nothing. Like if you have an edge, if you don't have an edge, you shouldn't be betting. Agree? And yes. but but you're betting for entertainment. But essentially, when you get to a certain point where where the amount you stand to win is a significant enough uh, is significant enough relative to your overall wealth. Um, you need to, you need to consider how it's going to affect you in that regard. And that's where, and that's like why the, the hedging calculator is optimal for that. So for you, Jeff, that number is going to be a lot higher, which is why you don't like hedging because you're, you know, you, you have enough that it doesn't make sense for you. Basically the amount that, you know, the EV be sacrificing, um, does not warrant a hedge given how little you stand to gain relative to your, your wealth. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I, well, let's, I think that's, I think that's, I don't, did, did either of you guys listen to this episode? I did. Evan, yeah. you come from a, a finance background and press and I mean, I think that the concept of it's basic negative EV hedging. Um, you know, you, Evan, you said to me when we started this, like you were shocked that I'm not going to hedge. Right. Yep. So, well, how much does it cost you to, to, 
in EV to hedge? Well, so my, my position right now is that I have, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I win, um, you know, $10,000. Let's just say, let's say a hundred thousand. That's easy. I win a hundred thousand if the Celtics win and I'm risking, um, $2,300. So that part doesn't matter how much you're risking. I'm not risking anything right now. Right, right now. Right. The, yeah. that, that's irrelevant. It's just how okay. much you stand to win. So a hundred thousand, but I also, this and is you cash Eastern plus, conference. plus your stake back plus getting your stake back. So here, here's the interesting but, but, thing. Wait, the so cashing I, Eastern conference is irrelevant now too. Yeah, Cause that's already money that he has. I also have a warrior's bet to win it all at plus 465 that I got. Um, yeah, but you can just put this into a calculator and you win X if the Celtics win, right? Yeah. Well, that's this is like why that's, let's that's exactly so unabated. Rufus built it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you win X if the Celtics win, you figure out how much you're going to give up to hedge, and you realize whether the amount you win in the hedge is emotionally enough to matter to you. And if not, you don't hedge. It, that's right? what, that's I why I think, but it's not a binary either. The thing I'm is, gonna... I mean, yes, it's like there's a point where you don't hedge anything, but like, also, depending on how much you're giving sure. up, like there's a point where you should say, you know, where you might want to hedge 5,000. That might be the optimal amount, right? Not right. hedging the whole thing, but that's, I mean, I'm that's why I think, I want to say, so someone sent me, a, someone, I'm going to, someone sent me a really, really good uh, DM, actually, some guy, uh, a guy named Mike, Mike Holtzman. He said, Kelly optimizes expected growth of bankroll. Whenever you place a bet with any amount of risk, your expected growth will always be lower than your expected value. Therefore, you should always hedge at zero EV to lock in your EV as your EG, your expected growth, will increase. Conceptually, negative EV hedges are just an extension of this. Imagine an initial bet with an EV of $500 and an expected growth of $350. With a zero EV hedge, you can turn that expected growth into $500 while also maintaining that EV of $500. So now let's say we have a negative EV bet where we can hedge the point that we have an expected growth the $450. The whole point of Kelly is to optimize for and maximize your expected growth. So you should hedge for the amount that maximizes your expected growth. So, but I, I thought conceptually the idea of like, okay, you can convert that expected growth at zero EV to your expected value, right? I, th I thought it was an interesting way of, of thinking about it. That's yeah. why I actually think that the Eastern Conference bit for most people actually is applicable because if you're trying to determine whether or not you want to hedge and it's an emotional decision and you just cash 17 to one, that you're, you're going to be, you have a bigger appetite for letting it ride in the finals because you just, you know, scored pretty heavily and you didn't so edge. Rufus, at that but wait, wait, but that's because we think of things relative to a baseline. I mean, it's the anchoring. It's, I mean, right. Kahneman, Traversky, all that stuff, right? It's like right, Rufus, that part shouldn't matter in a way. Like your bankroll's now higher, but right. I know, I know you're saying it's an emotional decision. If, if it's, it's all a matter of comfort for the better. I'm saying, I'm saying that it is, you should do Kelly. If you're going to bring out things like Kelly criterion, there's simple math to figure out the answer, but that's yes. not exactly what you're doing here. You're also kind of at a certain, when you, when you start comparing it to your wealth and not your bankroll, you're getting into like lifestyle change, et cetera. Right. right so, but, but, but in a way you're well, like, I would say your bankroll, like, I mean, your wealth should be your bankroll if you are, a winning better and optimizing, you know, trying to, I mean, that's, that's, it, that's essentially what you're trying to grow. I mean, right. I'm trying to grow my wealth. I'm not trying to like, I, that's why I need to consider like with betting, like I need to consider betting along with other investments and stuff and how much I have tied up, how much I have liquid in betting versus um, 
money, you know, that I have to keep in cash versus money that I can have in, you know, be investing. Right. So I think all these things kind of go together. I, I just think that it like, if it comes down to that, you know, you flip a quarter for a billion dollars, like what do you take to not flip? Right. And there, there's like an answer in there for all of us. That's well less than $500 million. Right. Well, I can so give you the correct one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, run the model. I, I have a, well, I have to, I how have many zeros is a billion dollars? Well, Rufus, I have a question a for you. Nine zero. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm using the hedging calculator right now. Right. And I have my current bankroll as like a million dollars. I have the win probability of the series to be, to be 50, 50, right. Mm -hmm. I stand to win, um, uh, a hundred thousand dollars. Well, but, and, but you have your warriors feature. So you got to, well, so, so that's what I'm trying to see. Okay. So my warriors features are plus 500, right? So those so are my hedge. What, odds, is, what right? is your net? What is your bankroll? Rufus, if can you let me just finish? Okay. So my hedge odds are five. So I'm basically putting in what I'm seeing how close the hedge I have on right now is to the optimal hedge. Right. Because basically I'm putting in the odds I was able to get on the warriors. See, I wouldn't, I would say that's not the way to apply it here. What I, what I, what I want to know is how yeah, much it breaks you your win. calculator essentially. How, no, it doesn't. How much it does it, may, it says I should risk a million dollars to win 5 million. You're not putting that's because you're not doing it correctly. That's not the way that's not the correct question to ask. What I'm saying, um, before you told me not to interrupt, which is kind of funny, actually, um, that how much do you win if the Celtics win overall? Like, what's your bankroll if the Celtics win? What's your bankroll if the Warriors win? What's the difference between those numbers? Right That's now, what you stand to win. It's roughly, yes. it's roughly like, if the Warriors win, I win 40-ish. And these are all hypothetical amounts. And if the okay. Celtics win, I win like 100-ish. Okay, so it's 60,000. That's basically what your exposure is there. It doesn't matter what price you got on the Warriors before, what price you got on the Celtics. It's just what you stand to win if the Celtics win or what your bankroll would be. Basically, the difference in your bankroll after you know getting those bets paid out. So, okay, 50% win probability, you stand to win 60,000 and you could hedge at what price? Minus 140, 150 range. Well, it's 50%. Wow, that's okay. So that's an well, awful, I think the, I think the series is, and so this is the issue. I think the series is about 50-50, personally. Oh, so you're and adding the to the Celtics. What's that? So you're adding to the Celtics side. So if you think if that's the if you think that's the true problem, I mean, this yeah, we you need an unbiased probability, and I generally the market number is going to yeah. be the best estimate. So I would go with like fifty-eight percent. Okay. Let's say let's say with the Celt okay, so the Celtics don't have a fifty-eight percent. Correct. Warriors have. Let's uh, go. With, the, the, let's the, say forty-three percent. Okay. The number that's supposed that's to go fine. in the win probability is that like fifty percent? Is that a decimal or what is that? No, supposed to it's a number. It's a, like you could put forty-three point five, and that's forty-three point five percent. So if you put forty-three percent in, and you could hedge at minus one forty, you stand to win sixty thousand. You have a million dollar bankroll. Your optimal hedge is to risk two thousand two hundred dollars. So very, so almost no hedge. I mean, I'm not going to hedge and I'll tell you guys what a sick individual I am. You're if I hedge right now. So I said, now, you're going to add Celtics. That's, if that's, I hedge I mean, right now, as soon as I got a chance to like buy out of it in game or in series or whatever, I would, right? Especially if I had had a cocktail or two as I was watching the game, like the idea of having any hedging interest in rooting makes me sick to my stomach. I would much well, rather be 
I would much rather do what we in the business used to call a Texas hedge. What does Kelly have about drinking these criterion? Where does that come in? They didn't have that at Bell Labs when they were discovering when he was doing this work around information theory. He's they weren't like making on himself, old fashions or anything. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I mean, no, here's I mean, the thing, though, Jeff. You you realize if you hedge, you ensure that your original bet's going to win. That that that's what I, I know this from experience. I do. I do often think that way too, Rufus. But at the <laughs> at the at the core, I just. I mean, I think I'm all in on the Celtics in this one. I, I'm going to Game One tomorrow. Um, nice. It's going to be me versus everyone in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, I'm hopefully going to go to game two and maybe get to like hang out with some people from the team or whatever. Like it, it should be, this is like, this is the series, right? And this is like, this is why you're a sports fan is you sit around and you wait for something like this. And it's like, you know, again, as sick an individual as I am, like having that extra money and incentive on them will just make it feel all the better if they win and all the make worse, it hurt all lose. the more if they lose. Right. And That's you want like, that that you want like i need that pain like if they lose like i can't i don't want the soft landing of being like whoa well at least i made this amount of money right <clears throat> i need I, to Jeff, feel that pain yeah i understand that i mean my experience like with the orioles when they made the playoffs i wouldn't even run my bit my model because i didn't want to have to bet against them i didn't want to feel like i was you know I, I didn't want to know that i was leaving money on the table either i was just like I, and I went to all the games. I flew to Kansas City. I flew to Detroit. You know, they got swept by the Royals in the ALCS. It was very sad, but you know, there is some purity to it. I'm not sure if it's Eben's bias as a Warriors fan or not, but he's uh, he's pretty confident in Game One, and then extremely less confident after that. I don't know if you want to break down your assessment, but it's, I kind of agree for what it's worth. I just think that it's really hard to switch. I mean, everybody's talked about this. It's not that original. It's really hard to switch to covering them from covering all the other teams in the league. And I think it takes usually a game to adjust. But the big question I have for the series is like, who do you think the fatigue is going to affect more? The Celtics who play like six and a half guys, but are young or the Warriors who are super old and want to play fast. Like if it's a fast pace, who do you think that benefits? I mean, I think both of them are going to throw the fucking ball all over the court, out of bounds, off other players. <laughs> like, it's going to look like there's moments where it's going to look like the most beautiful basketball in the world. And the moment there's moments where it's going to look like horrible rec league YMCA basketball. Right. I, I, um, this game one to me, I also think the Warriors are going to have a, a challenge. One, they've, they've been off for a while and they've been playing like, what I would consider to be not the class of some of the teams in the East that the Celtics have played, right? The Celtics are very tested going into this. And I, I don't really think the Warriors are, so I'm not as big on your game one. The other thing too, is like the Warriors are, you know, like I, I was hearing a uh, listen to a podcast about this, you know, Celtics recent history, obviously against the Warriors is very good, right? Everyone's talked about that. Is that a function of like, styles make fights or is that a function of the Warriors are just never taking the Celtics seriously so you know they've never had a reason to and and you know that when they don't take teams seriously they can often play like shit right these are these are non-conference twice a year games now I do think when the Warriors lose they remember so I would have expected if it was simply not styles but effort the Warriors would have actually improved or had some really big 
you know, statement games against the Celtics, but they really haven't. You know, the Celtics have played them tough no matter what and have won in, in a variety of situations. So <clears throat> I think we're, I think there's a world where the Celtics could like win in four or five, where we're just like, they're just way better. I do not kind of think the opposite, which means yeah. I, think I should favor the Celtics. That's exactly, that's exactly the way I feel too. I think, again, I think the series is about 50, 50, but I do think there's a much more high, much higher likelihood that if it's a short series, it's because this, we just look up and we're like, man, the Celtics are just, better than they are they're longer they're just 2004 pistons or whatever that year was you're just like after one game you're like oh wait a second this team's way better than the other one and it's over yeah so look if carl malone didn't get hurt in that series happened <laughs> what's your take cheetah on this you haven't really weighed in like to your specifics well uh i mean i think the one like outstanding number you were just alluding to it and I don't know if I have it exactly right, but I think if you if you throw out the like super tank Golden State season since they've played Boston since eighteen nineteen, offensively Golden State has like a point eight five points per possession or something crazy low like that, which is probably some randomness to that because it's still not that big of a sample of games. But I think that's at least somewhat telling. I think you're right that if you had the Warriors like don't take certain teams seriously, but they don't do that, you know, twice a year for multiple years in a row. So uh, you know they would have probably. Um, they'd probably say that's not the case themselves. Uh, so I'm right. I mean, I, I, I liked Boston since kind of, you know, the holiday season. I just thought there, there was a chance I'm going to ride them with you um, just from an ego standpoint so I can retweet myself again. But um, also, I mean, did I, best... you, did I tell you you have a free roll on my futures bet? You didn't. Actually, did you tell me that? And I haven't listened to the podcast. Uh, I just thought, I'm just telling you now. You Sometimes you just, okay, well, you can buy me dinner at Major Domo next time we're in Vegas. Uh, I'm going to be dining there next Saturday. The real, guys. It's sad. Oh, that's right. Um, the real reason, to be honest, that I'm rooting for Boston, though, is one, because Eben's a Warriors fan, but Crowley Town Football Club actually gets three director seats, and Eben and I are two of them. And if the Celtics win... I get to choose who the third director is for the club. And if the Warriors win, Eben gets to select the third director. So we, we have, sure we have quite a bit writing on this. feel like you tugging with their heartstrings is kind of tough, right? Well, I mean, we're both going to make excellent decisions either mm-hmm. way. They'll obviously trust us for that. But that gives me a little bit of a extra rooting interest to root for your Boston Celtics. But uh, I'll say, I'll say uh, Boston in six for the sake of the podcast. I think that's the popular. It's either like Warriors and seven, Celtics and six. I do think some of like the, you know, so if we just like, we might as well talk a little bit about betting the game, right? We have uh, the line in the, in, um, in game one is, is three and a half. 212 is the total. The series line right now is plus 127, minus 147. Um, that's come down the minus one. It opened at like minus 160, right? Or I think, and it's come down. I saw minus 140 first, I think, from Westgate. And then I've it's heard moved that up Rob to Williams is not going to play in game one. I've, but I don't have any real evidence beyond kind of anecdotally hearing that. But I actually don't think that's bad for game one for them because ultimately he he's an interesting guy in this series because I wonder you know, what do they do with him? Do they put him on Dre and then just have him kind of sit back? But then those dribble handoffs are a fucking pain in the ass yeah. if there's not someone up there to step up. So then he ends up having to play on the perimeter against one of those little guys. And 
let me ask you guys this. This is somewhat correlated and related. I'll, I'll ask Evan first. What do you think Kevon Looney's going to do in this series? Especially, I mean, if Williams is out, he's probably not playing much at all. But in general, like, what do you expect from Looney? Why do you think he's not playing at all without Williams? I actually think he might be playing a lot without Williams. Well, because so I've heard both arguments. I've heard like extremes to both sides. He's like, well, he was on the floor against Luca, and he's actually the one guy that stayed in front of Luca. It was like 32 ISOs, and he was eight for 32. It was like a small sample. But uh, there's that argument. But also, it's like if you can just switch Horford, Grant Williams, and White, and then obviously the other three, Smart, Tatum, Brown. Um, I don't know. Can Looney be on the floor with Dre? Because if you're worried about the defense of Boston switching everything, you need more shooting. You can't have Looney and Dre on the floor at the same time. And so, like, the idea is, okay, well, then Dre's playing center pretty frequently. If that's the case, Andrew Wiggins is your own real, only real wing defender, depending on Peyton's health, Porter Jr.'s health, Iguodala's health. Wiggins is going to play, like, 40-plus minutes a game. And if that's the case, you know, the reason I'm getting to the point of this, you can have a bet of, I think I saw it was 35-1. to 1. I saw someone post this. I liked it on Wiggins to be the leading rebounder per game average for the series. So that's why I wanted to know what your thoughts were on Looney, because if he doesn't play enough – he, him and Williams are like the favorites and there's a chance neither of them actually play very frequently, even when they do play games. And if that's the case, Wiggins is arguably like the next favorite, obviously Tatum and Brown will be in the mix too, but I just thought that was like a potentially mispriced. How much is Wiggins averaging? He's like at 7.2 per game or something in the playoffs. Seven seven in the playoffs. Seven. Okay. Hmm. I, I, I have, I have no, I no thought on the specifics of that bet. Um, I think the I've told you the one thing I really want to see is would love to see is the Warriors put Clay on Tatum and Wiggins on Brown. I think it's counterintuitive, but you're just going to have to double Tatum anyway. And Brown is too fast for Clay, so just put Wiggins on Jalen, try to take him out, and make Tatum just beat you by himself. Would be the like best. like the Luca theory, where you just make him score ninety and yeah, just make, make Tatum. This is what I hey Jeff, what do you think about this? This is what I thought the Warriors should have done against Luca. I mean, it didn't matter; they won anyway. They're they're smarter than I am, but. I was like, if Luca is trying to get all of everybody going, just let him go. Just let him switch everything. Let him try to score 90. He gets tired anyway in the third quarter. There's no, Once it was 3-1, not at the beginning of the series, but once it was 3-1, I was like, what's the difference? There's no way he wins three straight games. Because after game five, they kept helping off, and Dallas just hit half the threes. And Evan's like, why, why are – like, Luca's step backs are like 0.98 points per possession. Yeah, like, what, like, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of that that idea that, you know – um staying at home with the shooters and just letting that one guy work is there there's there's i've heard a lot of logic to that um i mean i don't know like when i think about this series like the thing that is interesting to me is a lot around this whole death lineup and where that 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 the lineups that they need to play to get the spacing that they're normally used to are just much different than the lineups the real death lineups right you have Wiggins instead of Durant you have Jordan Poole in there and and you know that those old death lineups the reason they were so tough is just their length and their ability to defend and they don't have that with these death lineups so I'm curious to see you know if they do try some of these like death lineups against the Celtics like whether the Celtics play you know Jordan Poole off the floor whether the Celtics are just scoring at such a high rate that that you know it's just they just can't play them and again like the loony thing is interesting to me because you know <clears throat> i guess i was surprised at how impactful he's been in the playoffs and um well that's because he does see a full level better in the last in the playoffs i've watched like every warrior game for years he's been good but some of his passing 
has been way better. He's just been way, he's, he's been dominating offensive rebounds. I don't know if they like just tell you to try harder in the playoffs or, you know, you expend more energy. But I think he, he was like a McDonald's all American, right. From UCLA. Like he's, he's got talent. Right. And, and, you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, he, he probably in many ways is the key to this series. As weird as that, as weird as that sounds, right? I think it's Horford actually, because Horford's the only one that conceivably Poole and Curry can attack in ISO. So if they can actually defeat Horford in ISO, and apparently he's like the you know best in the playoffs at defending the screen or something like that. But if they can get Horford in ISO, then then the Celtics could get creaky. And if not, I don't know how the Warriors get it all going. Um, and he's 36 and there's only seven guys who are playing. So I'm kind of interested in how much he but can the, the, the finals has a lot of spacing, right? We've gone from like every other to all of a sudden now, like just random days off here and there. So I think you're going to see less of that, 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 you know, and obviously like, I, I think when we did that Calcutta, you know, drew, um, Dinsick or you know one of the things he said it was so smart was he was like I don't I don't want Philly because I just don't think they're going to get through the playoffs healthy and that these playoffs are literally just a matter of who's healthy at the end right and the Warriors are probably the much healthier team right now especially if they get Peyton back but that all can change on a dime when you've got guys like Clay and Steph and whatnot who are so key but also pretty fragile. Who do you think has a bigger star injury risk? Like if Tatum and Curry, I both... think I think I think this I think the 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 Warriors. I think so. because I think the Cel the and, and knock on wood, right? Obviously, you know, but like the, the Celtics, like their stars are young, you know, and like you know, well, the, I meant that if something happened, like who do you think it would affect more? Oh, like if you took Curry and Tatum out of the series, who would be favored? I think the Celtics by like Celtics. Yeah. Celtics, but they only have like five series. other guys. You'd it have to be a lot ugly of ass series, but it would, yeah, I think so. <laughs> a lot of Aaron Neesmith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Aaron Neesmith's been, it's either a foul or an you know, amazing block. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Do you think how much you guys think Pritchard will play in this series? He'll be able to play more like when uh, pools on the floor than like okay. he did versus Miami, I imagine, but don't why, do, why do you think they shortened his – why do you think they took his minutes away so much in those last couple of games? Because 48 it, minutes? There's that. I, I mean, Spolstra in Miami is like one of the best at just figuring out the absolute optimal possession every time. And if it's attacking Peyton Pritchard, they're going to do it every time. And at some point you can't play Against the Bucks, it was like Wes Matthews on the floor, Grayson Allen on the floor. They, like, they had way too many players that were non-factors in isolation. And the Bucs just had to play them because they were thin and Middleton was out. When it was the Heat, it was like the Heat are going to find a way to get Butler going at Pritchard or whoever it is going at Pritchard. And I just think they recognized luckily quickly enough that he couldn't he couldn't play. Well, what, so I don't – I mean, he played – You can say you don't agree. It's fine. No, he played a really big role in game, I want to say, five and then didn't really play in game six or game seven after that. He played, I think, two minutes in each of those. And I don't know if it was a fat amount. Was game of, five the one where they just blew him out anyway? Because yeah, he hit he, a bunch of shots when it was like the third. It was a thirty point mattered, though. I mean, he like it, it was like he played a pretty good role in that game. Um, but 
you know, game six and seven, he didn't play it. I played like two minutes in the first half. They're also, you're always going to shorten your lineup in game six and seven too, especially if you're the home team up three, two in game six. Like you're I guess just not going to probably play. just like how well Derek white was playing. Cause Derek white played really well. Yeah. That game six, he, he broke out in the second half, that fourth quarter. I had it teed up. I was like, I can finally say after three and a half months of my Derek white tweet, that you know he was a significant acquisition for the Celtics, and then they ended up losing the game anyway. Um, Pritchard yeah, only played, played six minutes in Game Five, so he's thinking a Game Four probably. Game yeah. Four, we had the fourteen, yeah. And I believe the like that was like three threes in the fourth quarter of a blowout. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I just think Miami is going to exploit your weakness every time. Uh, Golden State doesn't have as enough like isolation playmakers other than Poole maybe Steph to, to make it happen is and I'm thinking Andrew Wiggins going one-on-one against Pritchard. Like that's probably a problem. So we'll see if Golden State. I don't know, that's just, one of those. That's, that's, one not, of those that's not really their style of offense though. Anyways. So that's one of those old school ones. Like if you could get, if you're the Celtics and you can get Andrew Wiggins to play back to the basket, trying to shoot shots over Peyton Pritchard out of the post, that's okay probably a lot less efficient than anything else the Warriors are going to get. That's fair. So if you Rufus. can load them into doing that, that's probably an okay thing. Rufus, who are you picking? You got to pick someone just for the sake oh. of it. I know you have pick, no clue. I'm going to pick the Warriors because right. I lived in Boston for a little while. and <laughs> Bad <laughs> memories <laughs> of Boston. <laughs> oh, oh, Boston's funny. fine, but, but Boston yeah, sports yeah. bands are yeah. all fine. Jeff, I've got a hedge for you. You should just pick Steph to be MVP. You should bet Steph to be MVP because it's trading at like minus 100. And if they win, I there's like no – like. I know there is, but there really is not a world where he's not the MVP if they win. I mean, how well, um, even how if he has, I'm gonna have to, no, I have to make it worth it. I think you're better betting the Warriors overall than betting Steph the MVP if it's even money. No, Steph to win is even money. What? Uh, right, right. That's what I'm saying. So it's I mean, like, I'll, and the Warriors to wins minus one forty. So what? I mean, basically they're pricing it like eight percent like different, eighty percent or higher or whatever. I don't know. Oh, but, it's but it's a hundred percent. So what are we but talking about? It's not. Evan, should we, <laughs> it's should we, not. we make a wager? Should you and I make a wager on this? Like, and I'm, I'm willing to bet you straight up in on it. Um, not money wise, but like some sort of experience, like, uh, around a pebble or around it win or, um, yeah, I'm in. dinner somewhere. What do you, what do you, you do? pick? You pick a course. I pick a course. And then we can just tell each other at the end, which one we pick. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you during the finals, what I pick. Any okay. course in America that is public. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's some good courses in Crawley Town, though, Jeff. If you want to look at them. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I can't also wait. Also, a course in England when you come over to a game. So those are the two choices. I can't uh, wait. Uh, uh, any any last uh, Crawley Town updates? I, I you know I I think it's exciting. Obviously, that things are moving and the new manager or the new coach manager. What is it called? Yeah. They say manager more often. New, man- yeah. new manager sounds exciting. Um, when does the season start again? July 30th. That's when the, that's when it really begins for us. Yep. So July 30th, we got to get on a roll. Get so you believe that you have a legitimate chance to move up to the next division this year. That's the goal with yeah. this guy, with this guy we do. And you have to finish where? We have to finish either top three or win the playoffs of four through seven. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to check in with you guys in the fall again, because we want to become known as like the insider uh, <laughs> podcast for like, we figure we can get above seven listeners by just having a few Crawley town uh, FC fans like want to listen. Uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Evan, you might have some extra hits on this one. Once yeah. we tweet it out. Yeah. yeah. 
But and, and Rufus will tell you when you can actually post it's, it. It's kind of it's more. kind of a okay. crazy right. This poor cross section of people who had to like listen to basketball when they came for soccer and vice versa. <laughs> really started with the with the soccer. So. The poor the poor Joey Kanish is probably going to hate all of this, but that's okay. But he's, oh, he, he was a ring to be manager, so he'd love to. Yeah, he's been trying. He, he has like a entire campaign set, but he he, he didn't get there in the end. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Crunching all the numbers in the simulated system to break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded.